If you enjoy listening to inspirational stories from people just like us, facing the fear and doing it anyway, then you're in the right place. My name is Claire Hill and this is the No Rest for the Vivid podcast. Hello, welcome to another episode of the No Rest for the Vivid podcast. My name is Claire Hill. I'm a self-belief coach, founder of the Vivid Club business mentor and I always want to say all fun time gal I am though pretty much love having fun I've actually got a girls night out booked for tomorrow um with all of my best friends or most of my best friends I've got two groups of best friends I'm a very lucky girl and and we one of them we're going like old school like we would have gone out 20 years ago so I'm very excited I am risking it today with the old sound because currently I have my beautiful dog Skylar in the room as well as my cat Khaleesi. Khaleesi may climb up on here at some point. The sound might be distracting. I've also got the door open so a fly might come in and might hear a lawnmower but I just was feeling it today like the orchestra of nature as they say or my cat licking herself. Isn't it lovely? I do love my animals, but they do make horrible noises. Anyway, I'm going to continue into my podcast today. So you're in with a treat because at the moment I'm doing a series of long podcasts for you in the run up to my very special masterclass on Monday, the 26th of June at 8pm. If you want to sign up for your free space, please do so. The link is in the show notes of this podcast. I'm very excited. The reason I am so excited is because I believe I figured out how to grow your self-belief. Over time, I have learned a huge amount about self-belief as well as imposter syndrome and how, whether you've been affected by trauma or not, how that is all, well, I mean, basically everyone has been affected in some way or another by some kind of trauma, whether it's a little trauma or a big trauma. But Throughout our lives, we have this impact and how we navigate that, it can really impact our imposter syndrome and our self-belief. So I was sitting and thinking, I really want to support people to really work out how to increase their self-belief and dim down that imposter syndrome. And through just literally mapping out what I teach inside the Vivid Club and with my one-to-one clients, I realised I already knew. So I've just brought it all together into, and it's going to be like a summary in the masterclass. So you'll still get a lot of value from the masterclass, but this is all leading up to my new Glow Up to Show Up self-led course, which starts on Tuesday, the 5th of, 4th of July. And that is the first round. You get preferential treatment. You get special VIP treatment being part of that first round because not only do you get all of the teaching, but you also get access to me straight after each session for a Q&A. So you are getting extra bonus support on igniting and powering up your self-belief as well as dimming down that imposter syndrome. And everything that you ever read about running a business, about being the best version of yourself, all anchors on this self-belief. Who are we? Who do we believe to be? And who do we, what do we believe that we can achieve? And there is like a formula and little hacks that you can use to really power that up. So that's what I'm, I'm just over the moon excited. 
I wanted to share with you today um, a realisation I've had very recently about how I talk about my trauma and talk about my life um, and the pain that I have because of it um, and how I've realised what a drain on my energy it is. Now, for those of you who know me in real life or you've seen me on Instagram, I have a lot of energy. That comes from daily practice of creating my warrior energy and giving myself space to be myself, listen to my gut instinct and really understand who I am and what I need. And this leads into the Globe Up to Show Up course, but warrior energy, I talk about it a lot on my Instagram and inside the Vivi Club. Warrior energy to me is that feeling, that spark, that drive, that excitement of what is around the corner and what you can achieve, what is possible and having the motivation to find out what's possible for you. That's what warrior energy is all about. And I also just really, really, really love what I do for a living. I am so, I want, I, I want to say lucky because I do feel very lucky, but I have designed this and I've worked extremely hard to be here. So I feel that when you say, oh, you're so lucky, it's alluding to the fact that I've been given this and I haven't. I've worked very, very hard. I've had a plan. I've executed the plan and just kept believing that something better is around the corner. And I really do have a beautiful life. I'm so, so, so grateful for it. I think when you say, oh, I'm lucky, I think you sort of think, I think you use the word lucky to show gratitude. I feel very, very grateful. I feel very grateful. I literally walk down my house, my steps, and I feel like I'm in a hotel. Now, part of that with my house is like just designing the interior to what we want. And we do it all on the cheap. Like I'm, I love the fact that we have, we, we're good with money. I wouldn't say we're enormously I suppose actually we are rich according to the rest of the world but we we have enough we're good I don't need any more I want more I don't need any more I'm really good with that I feel really really blessed for all of that but I freaking love a bargain like I choose to buy secondhand clothes we choose to buy all of our furniture secondhand near enough near enough everything we have is secondhand and doing it up the process of finding the bargains and making them look really amazing and having that little spark of, where'd you get that from? Secondhand off of Facebook. Did you? It looks brand new. I know. Now, a lot of this credit goes to my husband, by the way. He's amazing. Um, but just that process of designing the, a an environment that I feel like excited to be in every day and I know there was a couple of interior reels recently where it's like use your weekend to not run away from the life that you live, but to build the life you want to live in. And I'm just really conscious of that. Like, as well as I'm just, I'm going off on a bit of a tangent here, but building a career that I don't want to retire from. Like I can't see at one point where I'm going to want to stop doing this. In teaching in my old life, I could see that. And I work extremely hard, but I can't see that I won't want to work full time for a long time. Like I choose to work this much. I love working. Like I love it. That doesn't sit well with everybody, but that is okay because it's the way I love. I, I like to live. 
I was talking to my mother-in-law about it actually and often I mean she loves me a lot I love my mother-in-law I honestly I, I adore her and if I'm starting a new project she's always like you do have enough on your plate you've got a lot going on you know very busy and, and she's sort of quite mindful of that and I can see that she's just trying to protect my health and to make sure that I'm making the right decisions um, but I did speak to her the other day and I said, I know the way I choose to live my life and work this much is not for everybody. And that actually can feel uncomfortable for other people. But I just never really, if, if someone's living their life and they're loving it, I don't talk about it. If someone comes to me and says, I'm not happy, that's a different story. So this actually leads on to what I'm talking about. If somebody's, if you're leading a life that you're not happy with, what are you not happy with? What are the solutions? And therefore, like just talking negatively about the same thing over and over again and not having a solution, um, it really winds me up. Or even worse is if you know the solution and you don't action it because, and you may not have the awareness of this, but the 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 awareness is in the fact that, and, and I'm talking to myself with this as well, about a couple of times I've had toxic relationships or I've had challenging situations. I've choose, chosen, chosen to slag that person off behind their back, which, oh my God, I'm so, how vulnerable is that? But that's what, you know, this, this podcast is all about me being honest. I've chosen to slag that person off to their back. I'm never... I'm not two-faced. And I just want to say that, like, if I've got a problem with you, you know about it, but I might, well, my old me, you probably wouldn't have, I wouldn't have voiced it. You would have just thought, oh, she's a bit weird. I won't pretend that I'm your, like, your favourite person anymore or anything like that. Like, I can't be two-faced, but I would slag you off, in my the old me, slag you off behind your back, moan about you and not actually challenge you on the conversation. And recently... If I'm having a problem with somebody, like uh, to be fair, I haven't, there's only one person recently that I've had a problem with. Two people recently in the last couple of years that I've had an issue with and I've sorted it, sort of. One, I did sort of shy away from the the whole confrontation and that's a very complex matter that I wouldn't share on here because it is pro- probably far too private, but the other conversation that I've had with somebody I really fronted it out like I was tired of moaning about it and not doing anything about it so I fronted it out and I feel so much better about it just you know having my own back anyway the reason why I would slag them off moan about the situation is I loved having a pity party and that's what this the whole point of this podcast episode is all about is me enjoying having a pity party so the plan for this pity party is, right? You're not I'm not having I'm not ever having one of these ever again. Well, I might do for like one thing, but not over and over again. Um, it's a joke actually with me and my husband now. If I'm like, I just can I just have a pity party for like a minute? Can you just come for one minute? And then I promise that's it. He's much more given in the pity <laughs> because it's not happening recently. Um, but so the format of these pity parties would be or oh, haven't seen that person for a while, um, or oh, that person doesn't know about that. If I'd met someone new, I would be telling them. It was like anybody that had didn't have the same childhood as me, definitely, or just had. I don't know whether I had. I I'm 
retrospectively looking at the awareness of this but whether or not I would have a pity party with a lot of people that actually have a really fantastic life have a, or no sorry have a fantastic family because it was always built about what happened in my childhood and what has happened since with my family and so if I must have done this actually this is like massive hindsight just smacking me in the face if I was if I was like met somebody who had a really lovely um, nuclear family both parents still together had fantastic relationships with them I would lay on the pity thick because I wanted them to feel extra grateful for how wonderful they had it. It wasn't always the fact that I wanted them to feel sorry for me. It was that I want you to appreciate how beautiful your life is. Like you are so lucky because you've got that and I don't have that. And um, But it's, it doesn't matter whether that person's going to feel gratitude or not because I definitely wasn't feeling gratitude and I wasn't feeling good about what I was talking about. And I cottoned on a, a, a few months ago that I might be re-traumatizing myself. So every time I would be talking about it and you'll be, you'll know, like I don't, there was one episode actually, I think it's my hundredth episode, which actually wasn't that long ago. It was like two, three months ago. And I was saying that, you know, I'm just really, really proud of how far I've come and that I feel absolutely worth something now. That is actually true, but I feel like, as I was getting upset I'm probably re-traumatizing myself because I'm remembering why I didn't have self-worth in the first place so if you haven't listened to that episode you can go and listen to me cry (laughs) I mean it's a very like one of my best friends always listens to this podcast I'm gonna give her a big shout out Shama um and Shama messaged me and she's just like oh I'm so proud of you I love you so much and that you know she's been there with me through she's I've been friends with her for more than half of my life now so it like she's seen that developing of of me and how I've changed and become a better version of myself regardless of everything that could have held me back so it's lovely like I'm really grateful that she she is proud of me and feels that she she knows how grateful I would be for her saying that to me um but in those moments I'm re-traumatizing myself I'm remembering what I've been through and I think by doing that, you are making the trauma, the incidences, the pain, your whole story. Is it a part of my story? I will embrace that it is part of my story, but not when I'm talking about it. When I'm talking about it, it is my whole story. I feel it in every cell of my body, the pain. Um, you know, trauma lives in your body. The pain is stored like in your body. That's what they say anyway. And that's why sometimes you will have um conditions health conditions rise up if you've not processed processed that trauma and pain um a great person to read and I always in these moments forget their name but I think his name is Gat Gata no I've said it wrong Sabor he's been on Stephen Bartlett um podcast he is the like the leader in how trauma affects our physical health i'll add his name to this um podcast and um link the Stephen bartlett podcast in the show notes as well um but he was he talks about that like it's um when you're processing that trauma if you don't process that trauma that pain's got to go somewhere if you don't cry out or scream it out then where's it going to go it's going to go into your cells in your body um so I had 
a triggering situation probably about six weeks ago now and I literally cried the whole day and that was on the day of that happening I recorded the podcast with my new coach Gronya O'Malley she again that episode is god I don't even know what episode that is but it's the episode with Gronya O'Malley and I do talk about it briefly but I couldn't stop crying the whole day like I can't I'm proud of myself that I got through those episodes in the podcast because I literally stopped crying. I literally stopped recording with Ronya and started crying. And she was so good with me. I was like, yeah, you're 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 gonna be my new coach. I love you. Um, but I think and one of the biggest reasons why I've chosen Gronya because I've wanted to work with another couple of people for a very long time and I love them amazing, like the money mavens. I love them too, Charlotte and Josie, like loads. But the reason I went with Gronya instead of Charlotte and Josie is because Gronya understood the, not saying that Charlotte and Josie wouldn't, by the way, but because um, I think they do, but that's another level of of support that I'm going to go for, you know, in the future probably. So I just love them. Um, but with Gronya, she understands the nervous system and that was a response that I'd had to this trauma. So I just let myself cry. And she understood that. Like, I just cried and cried and cried. And it was like, well, something's obviously needs to be released here. I'm going to just cry. And then once I was done crying, I just felt the next day, like I felt I had a lot of clarity. I had a lot of clarity that week, if I remember rightly. So when I'm talking about this, I realised that every time I'm talking about, um, like, if I'm asking for pity, if I'm talking about the situations, if there's anything that I'm talking about that doesn't, there's not a lesson in that. So is it where I'm talking about it now, I'm not actually talking about anything that the story, it's like it's in the corner. Like I know the trauma's there, but it's, I'm not bringing it into my present self. Whereas when I'm going to a pity party, I'm bringing you all in. Like let's all bathe in this pity. And I want to bathe you in it as well. So, you know, I'm so generous like that, but. Moving through that, I realised I was just covering myself in tar. And I spoke to Gronya about this because I was I, I feel like as I'm talking and and talking about those negative things, literally it's like if you can imagine the metaphor of black tar coming out with every single word and it's just covering my feet, covering my legs, covering my whole body, and I can't move forward. I am constantly consistently reminding and persistently as well reminding myself that that has happened to me and that's where I was and it gathers evidence for my imposter syndrome this links to self-belief and imposter syndrome because if you are constantly reminding yourself of why you should have less self-worth or should this and that or whatever or why you should be where you are or further down than you are you will experience not moving anywhere you, and, and it's funny because you li- you're literally constantly going in the past. Sometimes you can even like walk, be walking backwards. But for me, feeling stuck. And a lot of the time when I'm facing um, a new challenge or somewhere that I want to push myself forward, I've realised that like I can feel like there's a brick wall, like there's resistance there. But it's not, the re- it's not a brick wall, it's bloody tar that I've covered myself in because of what I've been saying. So I've moved this metaphor, this vision of what keeps me stuck from a brick wall that was built for me. So the, the brick wall is like, what has happened to you 
that you didn't have any control over. But you can control that because you can smash it down through powering up your self-belief. Your self-belief will smash those walls down. Um, You know, your confidence, your warrior energy gives you all this strength to break down those walls and push down that wall. And I don't know about anybody else, but definitely with me, if I ever wanted to push through some fear, I could feel myself batting against a brick wall. Like I say batting, but like battling, like jamming up against a brick wall. Now that's moved forward. I didn't re- I realised it wasn't the brick wall. It was the words coming out of my mouth that have covered me in tar to keep me where I am. How powerful is that? So all I want to do now, I was going to say need, because, you know, you know I've got an issue with saying want and need and everything. Saying need instead of want. I'm going to say want. I want to stop covering myself in tar. Covering myself in, in tar and staying stuck. I'm done. The energy and what I have achieved in the last week or last two weeks is incredible since doing this. It's it's crazy. So one of the other things that um, Bronya and I have spoken about is my PR plan, like getting myself out there. And I have spoken to Jenna Farmer. She's actually going to be a guest on the podcast a bit later on in the year. Like I think her, her episode comes out early September. So Jenna was, I spoke to Jenna about doing my own PR, but we've got a plan that it's not the right time for someone else to do it. So she's going to probably do it later on in the year, but that I need to start doing something for myself, getting myself on other podcasts. And Gwanya said, you're very brave asking people to be on your podcast, but what about you going on theirs? I was like, oh yeah. Oh, okay. And I just felt this resistance. I realized I didn't know what I'd do. That is so crazy to say that out loud but I didn't have clarity around that. I've got lots of clarity around that. But it was just like, oh, I'm, I'm battling against the, I'm battling against the brick wall when actual, in actual fact, I was covering myself in tar. And this other thing that covers me in tar says to myself, oh, I just don't feel like doing that today. And it's like, no, it's your job. Get on with it. And so yesterday, or was it Monday? Monday. I'm recording this on a Wednesday. On Monday, on my to-do list was to start pitching to podcasts, and I'd written the, the the pitch out on Friday actually, and I was going to send it out Friday. There was enough tar covered me like to to get me stuck in even writing it. So I thought, right, do one percent fact to get it written. So I done, did the pitch, and then Monday I've got a little spreadsheet because you know I love a spreadsheet, and started pitching to podcasts and really understanding who who did I want to speak to, what did I want to speak to them about. And I sat and I must have contacted, I suppose I think it's eight people or something. But once I started doing it, I was like, why have I been so bothered about this? <laughs> it's like, there's just no reason why I need to be bothered about this. So that's got a little bit of uh, traction now and I'm moving forward with that. And I've just literally run out of time on my schedule. And I haven't run out of time, but I'm prioritising the other tasks on my schedule. So um I'm going to, I'm working on that, but it's just the acknowledgement of I've been inviting people to a pity party, myself included, constantly. And it has kept me stuck because every time I'm talking at my pity party, I'm covering myself in tar. No more. The other thing is talking about bad mouthing other people. I mean, to be fair, I'm so, I, I, I know that I talked a lot bad about people when I was working in a school it's very easy to do anybody that's an ex-teacher or in a school 
everybody does it. Everybody slags everybody off. And everyone knows about everybody else, but you don't ever confront it, really. Because um, I suppose I don't know whether teaching takes away your confidence in doing that, but I'm I'm a lot better. I don't to be fair, I'm saying a lot better. I hardly talk about anybody badly anymore. I don't even think I do. Um, but definitely since I left education, I don't do that. So that's another thing that can cover you entirely, just having that negative energy around you. I just want to big people up. Like I just want to say, like you are doing an amazing job. You're doing amazing. Let's all just celebrate in those wins and skip down the road holding hands with rainbows and sunshine. In summary, from this podcast, I want you to focus on when you're talking in a negative way about other people, potentially in a negative way about yourself. So self-deprecation. And I'm going to come to that as well on my episode on Monday, my mini Monday episode then. And I want you to think about when you are re-traumatizing yourself and inviting people to your pity party and remembering that every time you do that, you're covering yourself in tar. You'll stay stuck. Let it all be part of your story, not all of your story. Okay, if you would like, please sign up to my masterclass. I'm not begging, but if you're listening to this thinking, I could do with some work on my self-belief, just come along. What is the worst that can happen? Come along with a lovely cup of tea, decaf tea, because it's eight o'clock, and and just enjoy. Just enjoy it because it's going to be amazing. And I'm actually basing the masterclass on um, a trauma-informed teaching approach for education which is what my master's degree is focused on that I, I graduated a year two years ago from now um the session will be 25 minutes of like webinar slash lecture and then there's going to be some fluidity at the end of it so if you want to see what trauma-informed education is all about and learn in a trauma-informed way come along Oh, and it's also ideal if you've got ADHD, it's built for that too. That's why I love trauma-informed approaches because they are so inclusive. They really do amplify and support all of the magic and superpowers that come with being neurodivergent. So get involved. Have an amazing day. Thank you so much for listening to the No Rest for the Vivi podcast. Written, produced and hosted by Claire Hill and music has been composed by my brother, Phil Victor.